Blog Talk Radio. We live! We live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. And what is going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? It's Sunday night. It's not Friday. <laughs> it is Sunday night. So glad that you could be with us on this Labor Day weekend. It is page one with LeVar and Mary. There is so much that is going on um, today and this week. Uh, we'll not only be with you tonight, uh, but we will be with you at our regularly scheduled time this Friday. Uh, the only time that we weren't with you this past Friday. Um, there were some things going on, but um, so glad to be with you here. So glad that you could join us on your holiday weekend. And to my friend, Mary, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm, yeah, I know. Now I'm going to ask you a quick question. Am I coming in loud and clear? You are coming. Yes, coming in loud and clear. Okay. No, no I'm, I'm asking because tonight I'm doing something a little different. So that's why I was uh, wondering if I was coming in loud and clear, but I'm glad that I am. Um, we have got a lot of show. Uh, there is so much. Um, I am trying to remember it all. And if you could see uh, where I am at, I have up like, hmm, like a few different, like, it's like notepad extreme around here because there's so many notes. Uh, there's so many things that are going on. Um, I do know today, uh, happy birthday to Beyonce, uh, 9481. Uh, so uh, we know that. So I can get that off my list now. So I can. <laughs> First and foremost. Yes, 17 to go. That's one thing down, so I'm hoping that I don't forget anything else. Um, but tonight, uh, like I said, we got a lot to go through, and also the return of the top five tonight, and this is a special day because it was 50 years ago today that the new Price is Right, because there was an original Price is Right with Bill Cullen, uh, but the new Price is Right debuted on CBS uh, with Bob Barker. So um, I had a bunch of clips <laughs> ready. Um, I would tell you if you wanted to see, it's far different than what it is now. It, the first um, version of that from 50 years ago, if you go on YouTube, uh, you can pull it up. It definitely um, changed over the years. It's so funny watching um, Johnny Olson call down the – contestants because uh it's like everybody's quiet everybody's like waiting for their name to be called compared to now where you have like a screaming crowd you know <laughs> times have just so much changed and like i think the other thing that was the the irony of it all do you know what the first item up for bids on the price is right was uh computer uh, 1972 <laughs> 
Sure, why not? I don't know. Try trying to throw something out there. Think irony and think um, what you didn't see in later years. Computer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. The no. first item up for bids was a fur coat. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> and according to – because for a while, uh, The Price is Right was uh, the old episodes – uh, were tough to get put back onto TV because, uh, of course, as we know in later years, that Bob Barker was a staunch um, animal rights supporter, and he did not like the whole thing of uh, fur coats uh, being put on uh, for uh, items on The Price is Right, which is why I believe after the first few years you did not see any more fur coats and you don't see any to this day. Um and even then, some of those episodes um, were never shown again up until, I think, probably like a few years ago. And even then, uh, there's restrictions on showing them uh, because Bob Barker did not want those shown. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the first time up for bids, the irony of it all, if you go back, was a fur coat. So, yeah, but uh, that's the price is right. But uh, we're going to be doing a few things throughout the evening. We'll have some clips and then we will have a top five because uh, I know that Mary has been working on hers as well. Uh, tonight's top five is our Price is Right games. Now, we did not include the showcase showdown and we did not include um, the final showcase because those are like, eh, or contestants row. That's, that's, that's a given. But our top five games, now I'm guaranteeing tonight that you and I are probably going to have at least three out of the five. In what order, I don't know. We did not talk about this before the show. Um, no, and I have, like, I have, I, I got it narrowed down to ten. And I'm still, <laughs> like, <laughs> So are you saying that even up to this moment that you're still working on your list? No, I'm saying that I have my list. I just don't like it. It changes moment to moment. Don't like it. <laughs> I can tell you. Because I like original... all of them. They're, they're so good. I had it down to 12. I had to make it to five. I did it based off of my own personal preference and what I think. It was not only personal, but I kind of think in some ways games that were – that kind of shaped the game show lexicon, so it may. It's stuff like, you know, if somebody says something, you immediately think Price is Right. That's where I went with mine. Gotcha. But later, but later on in the show, we will have our own top five. Um, and then uh, we've got a lot of different stories tonight, um, among which um, some of the things that we were looking at um, was about – uh, well, the first one coming up is about a uh, Kansas teacher um, who uh, had a lawsuit and actually came out on top uh, because of the current state of uh, how things are. Uh, and then um, coming up, Cleveland State, uh, there is a story uh, in regards to – because here's the thing. I've known people in the last year or two because times have changed, and, and now – there are a lot of people who, of course, are doing school 
from home. But one of the things that you can't control with having people at home is if there was a test. And there uh, was a court decision in regards to schools asking students uh, in, re- in regards to like letting them see a scan of your room. Um, I could tell you from personal experience, my sister who just completed her studies had to do something like that. Um, very interesting story. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then we'll have some stories that kind of are, are from the odd and um, unusual effect. And we'll have retro moment of the week. We'll take a live look at what is trending. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it tonight. Um, there's a lot of different stuff, but how has your weekend been? It's been hot, but okay. I can't complain too much. Um, it's been a pretty relaxing weekend. I've gotten a lot done. You know, I've got to be able to actually like get some stuff marked off my list to do. I'd I, it's always going to be too short. You know, I can't believe it's already Sunday. Yes. How was your weekend? Uh, how was um, the game? The reason you missed Friday? Yes, the game was good. Very exciting. Very strange finish. It, it's been a weekend of ups and downs. I would tell you, Friday night, I think I, I thought I was going to lose my voice. Uh, of course, uh, I am a big Chicago White Sox fan, and uh, if you saw remotely this weekend, they played the Minnesota Twins, and that Friday game was a game in which the Sox trailed for a good portion of the game, came back and tied it. And then um, in the ninth was where everything went off the rails. Uh, Two quick walks, and then there was a hit batter, which resulted in a benches clearing. It wasn't a brawl, but all the benches cleared, including from the bullpen. And then uh, Jose Abreu comes up to bat. And what everyone in the crowd thought was a hit by pitch players came out celebrating music fireworks and then there is a review by the umpires and the umpires come back and the umpires rule that the ball hit the uh, kind of the lower nub of the bat and so everyone had to get back into place and everyone who thought that there was a win were now back to nervousness and a few seconds later uh, and it, after an inside pitch to Abreu, which was a little too close for comfort, um, he got a hit up the middle, bobbled by the shortstop, and he makes it safe to first, and the Sox win. And then on Saturday, if you watched, which was a nationally televised game, uh, Dylan Cease came within an out of a no-hitter. Uh, I was thinking about going to that game, <laughs> did not go. Uh, but he finished with a one-hitter, and the Sox blank the Twins. But then today, in the rain, because uh, it did rain here throughout the day, um, unfortunately, my Sox lost 5-1, um, to one, but at least we get a 2-1. to one. At least we made some ground in the division. Um, and I know that you are happy as well because your uh, Michigan Wolverines uh, won their kickoff this uh, weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Totally excited. Dame, I'm wearing my Michigan gear. But Notre Dame could not get the job done against Ohio State. <laughs> um, 
where I'm pretty sure for the first time ever you were cheering for Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> the only time. <laughs> the only time. <laughs> the only time. Uh, there is some college football tonight. Uh, I do believe it's Florida State and LSU. And uh, then I think there will be a game tomorrow. So college football is now in full swing. NFL gets underway on Thursday. Uh, so it pretty much is now officially fall if you um, are a fan of that stuff. I know I went to the store uh, today or yesterday, and I saw on the shelf um, the Starbucks pumpkin spice drink. <sighs> I, I'm sorry. I still not. I, I still don't know who is a fan of that stuff. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is in the stores. Um, if you are a fan of that, but I have begun to see some pumpkin spice and flavored other things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. I'll just put it that way. Um, I will pass. So I, I forgot. I think I did ask you before. Are you a fan of uh, pumpkin spice things or flavored uh, pumpkin? I'm not a big fan of like the pumpkin spice lattes, which everybody gets in, into their like infused into their brains over the fall. Um, that's not one of my favorites, but I do like the smells, like the smells of fall, including pumpkin, uh, apple, cinnamon, pine. A lot of those kind of smells I'm really into. Um, and it's kind of one of those weird, I don't want to eat it. I don't want it in my stuff. I don't want pumpkin spice pancakes. I, I just want to smell pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I well. think it's because it's overdone. Yes, it is. It's it's majorly overdone, and now I think I think this is why we now have shortages of pumpkin at different times of the year because people are so infatuated with pumpkin. You know, now it is one of those things where when we hit or the clock hits mid August, everybody wants to roll out their imitation. I don't even want to know how many things are imitation pumpkin or um, flavored with it, and is not actually pumpkin, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, I love pumpkin seeds. Um, never was a fan of pumpkin pie, though. I know that you love pumpkin pie. Uh, I mm-hmm. just, I, I don't know. I've never been a pumpkin eater or uh, pumpkin spice this or, I mean, heck, you're still talking to a person who, um, as much as I love apple, uh, really haven't. I think I've had hot apple cider but the one i had wasn't that good and it's just something about hot apple like juice that's not appealing to me at all <laughs> i tried I'm, I'd rather uh, be... i cannot believe that you've never had a good hot apple cider no i'd rather uh. the cold i'd rather the cold because it, it just it's something about hot apple cider it, it would be the equivalent of of like hot like like hot watermelon juice. It's it not appeal to me at all. <laughs> watermelon I, I juice. Yeah. I, you, you'd be surprised. I mean, there's still watermelon juice that's sold. 
uh, Minute Maid uh, has, I think, a peach mango, uh, watermelon, uh, fruit punch, and then the um, – yeah, so they do have watermelon, which I was like – I love watermelon, but I'm not sure if I want to drink it. I don't know. Fall is weird. <laughs> but speaking of fall, uh, since we are now in the month of September, and this is just – I can't get over how fast this year is going because um, this is show number 205, by the way. And it seems to me uh, within the next few weeks or so, we're going to be in the last third of the year. Um, And then we'll be talking winter and then we'll be talking 2023. Uh, (laughs) And it seems like we just heard the, page onto 2022 um, it is going very fast and that's scary uh, but we are at was it today September the 4th it is National Pastors Spouses Day it is also National Macadamia Nut Day National Newspaper Carrier Day National Spice Blend Day National Wildlife Day and then tomorrow besides the fact that it is Labor Day uh, it is also National Be Late for Something Day, which is the irony of it is on Labor Day. You can be late for something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess you could be late getting up. Uh, and then tomorrow is also National Cheese Pizza Day. Uh, the 6th brings us National Coffee Ice Cream Day. And then it is National Read a Book Day. I will tell you, I've been bad. I'm one of those people that likes to buy books, but getting around to reading them, I'm a horrible at it. (laughs) Yes, I try to get to them as soon as I can, uh, but then I start reading them, something happens, and then I put it down for a little bit, and then I feel like i got to start over, and then if life gets a little too busy, there and you know i have a wonderful bookshelf full of nice books i can tell you i probably have gotten to maybe 70 percent of them there's still 30 percent of them i have to get through so yeah i'm bad so sorry (laughs) Um, but the sixth uh, is also national coffee ice cream day and it is national another look unlimited day I'm sure you're going to ask me what that means. Yes, I am. It you is, read my mind. Yes. Uh, National Another Look Unlimited Day on the day after Labor Day provides an opportunity for fall cleaning. Uh, so it's you know pretty much saying that it has stuff piled up around the house since spring cleaning time. The, this observance is a day dedicated to taking a look around your home and ridding it of the excess things that you have accumulated. Think spring cleaning meets fall cleaning. Uh, so they encourage you to clear out those closets, purge the attic, donate those toys and clothes, tidy up, clean up, and put to use those items that have a purpose. Uh, and then they also say, before you decide to haul things to the trash, consider that many items have multiple uses. So repurposing an item that appears to be no longer useful can be quite satisfying. Uh, you can check out Pinterest or Etsy. Savvy moms convert old cribs into useful arts and crafts centers or use broken dressers as uh, bookshelves or wine racks, I guess. (laughs) Uh, 
and I did say coffee ice cream day. And then on the seventh, quite a few things. Um, not particularly in any order, but Wednesday brings us National Acorn Squash Day. Uh, it is mm, national. Really? Yes. A little bit of butter, a little bit of brown sugar, a lot of squash. One of my mm. kiddo and I favorite. Hmm. Well, Wednesday, you can have it. It's National Acorn Squash Day on that day. Uh, but here's the <laughs> other thing. It's also National Beer Lovers Day. So you can have your acorn squash and a beer. Uh, it is National Grandma Moses Day, National Grateful Patient Day, uh, National Neither Snow Nor Rain Day, National New Hampshire Day, and National Salami Day. Uh, <laughs> On that day. But wouldn't it be ironic if somebody if it snowed and or rained on National Nor Snow Nor Rain? Uh, I think rain has, sure it has high... to do with the... I know it has yeah. something to do with the mail, but still. Yeah, well, I mean, in a, uh, it commemorates the opening of the New York Post Office on September 7th, 1914. Uh, James Farley, mm-hmm. who was the um, who was the 53rd Postmaster General, uh, came up with the saying that neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these carriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Uh, it's an inscription that's found over the entrance of the Central Post Office in New York City. So that's why. Uh, also on that day, it is, uh, like I said, uh, the... Grateful Patient Day, but September 8th brings us National Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses Day. World Ampersand Day is on that day. And then it is National School Picture Day, the second Thursday in September. Um, I remember School Picture Day, and as one of the tall people, used to have to always stand. Now, I, I know this was a dangerous thing back when I was in grammar school. They didn't have the fancy stands. So they used to put together like these makeshift like tables that you had to stand on. <laughs> I know it was See, I wanted to stand on those. I was the short one, so I was always stuck up front. Did you have to hold the It was always the first or the second row. I was always the first or the second row. If I could get into the second row, I was still at the end. So that was one of those, like, oh, you can still see her because she's on the end. I'm always up there. So it was easy to pick me out. It was like, oh, there you are. I hated it. <laughs> Did you have to hold the sign? <laughs> a few times, yeah. A few times I did. I got out of it a few times as well. Because there was a couple of times they did it alphabetically. And even though, like, <laughs> there was a few people at the beginning of the alphabet that were tall, they still were at the beginning of the alphabet, so they got to stay, and they had to be in the middle and hold the sign. I was like, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, I had to hold the sign. I don't think anybody holds the sign anymore. I don't think there is a sign anymore. No, I think it's just electronically probably put on now, and they say, I would I would yeah. love somebody to go old school and just have the sign. <laughs> That's what we should do. Um, and then Friday... It's a few things. I'm giving it to you now, even though we'll be here on Friday. But Friday is Care Bears Share Your Care Day. It is also National mm-hmm. Teddy Bear Day. Did you have a Care Bear? Hey. 
<laughs> I am a Care Bear. Ooh. Um, <laughs> if you were a Care Bear, which Care Bear would you be? Um, I would be. Which one gets most of the hugs? I don't know. Like I, I know which one I want to be. I want to be Lucky Bear, but I'm not. I probably end <laughs> up being Cheerful Bear. Mama Bear. Is there a Mama Bear? No, I don't think there was Hockey a Mama Bear. bear. Yeah, I don't think there was. There needed to be. I could be Mama Bear. And I think on there my been stomach a... can be rattled. <laughs> there should have been a Chicago Bear. That's what I think. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Chicago Bear. Yeah. Um, I'm Chicago Bear. Yes. And, and this is my son, Cubby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for all of you with jokes out there, you can keep your jokes. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so it's also Care Bear Share Your Care Day and National Teddy Bear Day. It's also National Wiener Schnitzel Day. So you can have a wiener schnitzel, well, with a teddy bear, it's I guess. Blue. It's blue. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't wiener schnitzel. It was schnitzenglobin or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Good tease, my But I'm glad you got Never. it. I'm so glad you got it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> hey, man, I wasn't born it. I, I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> Schnitzel going. I have to go back and ask to actually see. Um, we're in September now. Uh, so here's a few things. There are national weeks in September. Uh, the first week is also National Childhood Injury Prevention Week. National Waffle Week is the first full week in September. National Payroll Week is the week of Labor Day. Um, and those are a few of the things coming up. And then um, this month, September, it's Baby Safety Month. It is Alopecia Arita Awareness Month, uh, Better Breakfast Month, Classical Music Month. Uh, It is Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, Integration Month. It is also um, International Update Your Resume Month. I don't know why the month of September would be that. Little League Month is this month, Blood Cancer Awareness Month, uh, Disease Literacy Month. It is Square Dance Month. I never square danced. Uh, I have. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so I was going to say the town that you grew up in, and I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, I also Chicken know how to do that, but that means nothing. Do si do. Bow to your partner. Bow to your corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. National Childhood Obesity Awareness Month. It's National Courtesy Month. Uh, National Honey Month. Italian Cheese Month. Library Card Sign Up Month. And I'd love to know how many people are still signing up for library cards. Um, even though I'm. Do you? Yeah, one for a kiddo and one for myself. Oh. Because I look, because it's so sad that you know libraries, in a way, in which they shouldn't be, but they they become kind of an endangered species because with everything now online and at your fingertips and Wikipedia and this and that, there still is a need for libraries. Uh, I encourage you uh, to visit your local library, and you may 
find things there that you didn't know that you could take advantage of with services, but yeah, definitely go to your local library. I'm pretty sure they will be very glad to see you and help you out. Uh, National Neonatal Intensive Care Awareness Month is this month. Mortgage Professional Month, uh, Mushroom Month, Pain Awareness Month, Piano Month, Potato Month, uh, Preparedness Month, Recovery Month, Rice Month. I'm pretty sure that um, (laughs) uh, my dear friend here who could um, tell you about the rice cooking and not to use minute rice. Uh, it is National Rice Month. <laughs> it's not National Minute Rice Month, is it? No. It's no, National no. Rice Month. <laughs> yes, it's National Rice Month. Uh, National Self-Care Awareness Month, Sewing Month. Uh, it is Sickle Cell Awareness Month, Spinal Cord Injury Awareness Month, Suicide Awareness Month, Pulmonary Fibrosis Awareness Month, uh, Prostate Health Month, Save Your Photos Month, Self-Improvement Month, uh, Sourdough September, and Whole Grains Month. And then uh, one quick thing that I know that I saw, which I cannot um, let pass, is that um, this is uh, Labor Day weekend. And for many, many, many years, Uh, I'm pretty sure that if you turned on the TV right around this time, you probably heard this thing. Yeah. So that is the theme, of course, we all know, to the Jerry Lewis Telethon, which always took place on Labor Day weekend. Uh, It is National Muscular Dystrophy Month. And, of course, if you want to continue in the great spirit, Uh, you can always give to MDA. Um, So they are continuously um, doing what they can with that um, muscular dystrophy. So I think I used to always watch it. It it was one of those things because it was on. It was the only live thing. In this age of television, telethons have gone, of course, the way of the dodo because when telethons are done now, it's usually some horrible national tragedy that occurred and a bunch of stars are getting together. Uh, one time only. But the Jerry Lewis telethon, I know some people say it was hokey. I know some people say that it was over the top. But it was one of those things where you uh, you tuned in for the entertainment. And on top of that, you knew Labor Day weekend, that was coming on. If it was one thing annually mm-hmm. that you knew was the Jerry Lewis telethon and that you would see some things and you would see some stars uh, and – you know, you'd watch it and you'd probably get up and maybe watch about a few minutes the next day. And I always wondered how he did it every year. I know he probably went to his trailer and slept for a few hours and got back up and right back at it. And I was always amazed at how for many years he did it. Um, say what you will about the man, but uh, in doing that, uh, you give a little credit where credit's due. Um, but, I mean, he really was strong for that organization. It was kind of a shame how things kind of ended. He was always like half. A, he was always half. He was always half dressed by the end of the the show. Right, like, right. Ty was always undone. Six buttons were missing off of his shirt. He was all sweaty and gross. He's just been screaming and driving and talking for like thirty five hours. How long was that for? Was it just twenty four? It felt like it uh-huh. went the entire weekend. It went no. It went. It was Labor Day evening when it started, and then uh, it ended on Labor Day. 
Uh, so it was Sunday night, Sunday evening. It would start around seven o'clock or eight o'clock, depending on where you were at, and went the full 24 hours and ended um, the following evening. The one thing I know that kind of always <laughs> was for people in Chicago for many years, uh, there was always a Cubs game that weekend. So what happened was that the um, telethon would get preempted and they would pick it back up after the game was over. So here in Chicago for many years, the telethon went all the way until late, late in the evening, far after it was off, because I remember seeing the final total. I'm like, but the telethon's still going on. How are we getting the final total? But the reason why was because it was on a tape delay because of baseball. And actually, uh, there's a great interview um, available on uh, here on WGN uh, Radio. Uh, if you go to their website, Roy Leonard, who for many years was one of the great interviewers here in the city, uh, interviewed uh, he interviewed Jerry Lewis. And Jerry told a story about how when they were done with the telethon, because at that time, Channel 9 or WGN here in Chicago – uh, was on cable. And in the 80s, um, you know, it was GN, uh, TBS, and WOR out of uh, Secaucus. And you could tune into WGN and see the tail end of the uh, telethon, which he, which he said he would watch on WGN. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, he would go back and he would he would watch it that way. It's kind of amazing, you know, the power back then of cable, because I remember that when we first got cable in the mid 80s, uh, watching other channels from, you know, other cities. And I would just be curious to watch what was going on in Secaucus, New Jersey, you know, when the news would come on, because it was a place different from here. And to see, you know, that in the 80s, compared to now where you could probably tune in to, you know, different channels that on your app. Um, it was kind of a, a, I don't know how to explain it. It was, um, it was interesting because it was different. That was your first foray into seeing different places when you were a kid. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but that's the type of thing that was going on. I almost feel like I need to do a timpani. Like company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's all we got. <laughs> that's all you really got. Um, we're not doing a marathon, a telethon, and we're not getting any money, so unfortunately, no. But uh, I wanted to. Let's see. I think what we'll do here. We're going to. Hmm. I'm going to do this on the fly. Because we're at the point of the evening where we have a couple of things going on. We haven't even gotten to our stories yet. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to share a retro moment of the week. (laughs) And then we'll come back. We'll do a couple of quick stories. We'll cut to the other retro moment of the week. I think, too, somewhere in here I have a PSA. If I have it, I will share it. We have to look deep into the uh, retro moments here, but I know I have a special PSA. But so one retro moment, and then we'll be back. You're listening to Page One with LeVar Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Come on down, Edna. Come on down, 
Come on down to the new electronic Price is Right. A new camera. Retail price seven hundred. Oh, it's the showcase. Living room set eight thousand. Oh, Mexican holiday seven thousand. After retail price seventy one hundred. You can't go wrong when the price is right. You're listening to Page One. Page One with Lavar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary. Welcome back to page one with LaVar and Mary here on this Sunday night. So glad that we can be with you two times this week. You'll see us uh, tonight and then back at our regularly scheduled Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Uh, One of the stories this week that came out and was very interesting because it's probably one of the first cases of its kind. But a Kansas teacher who was suspended after she refused to use a student's preferred pronouns was awarded $95,000 in a suit. Uh, Pamela uh, Ricard sued the Geary County Schools in March, saying that she was reprimanded and suspended for three days last year for addressing the student by their, quote, legal and enrolled last name. Uh, attorneys with the Alliance Defending Freedom, which describes itself as advocating, quote, for the right of people to freely live out their faith, called the settlement a victory for free speech at public schools. The Southern Poverty Law Center describes the Alliance Defending Freedom as a hate group over stances it has taken on LGBTQ rights. Uh, Pamela Richard had sued the schools in March, saying that she was reprimanded three days last year for addressing a biologically female student by the student's legal and enrolled last name. A school counselor at Fort Riley Middle School had told Ricard that the student preferred an alternative first name, and a classmate told Ricard that the student preferred he, him pronouns, the lawsuit said. Ricard began addressing the student as Miss using the student's last name to avoid using the student's preferred first name. Ricard believed addressing the student as Miss, legal enrolled last name, respected the student while also upholding Ricard's religious convictions, according to the lawsuit. The district at the time did not have a formal policy regarding student preferred name and pronoun use at the time Ms. Ricard was suspended, but she was reprimanded, quote, under generic school district policies related to bullying by staff, the suit said. A week after she returned from her suspension, the district implemented a policy that, quote, employees should be aware and make an effort to utilize the pronouns an individual requests to be identified by. The district also told staff members that they should not disclose students' preferred names and pronouns to their parents unless the students give permission. Ricard's lawyer said Wednesday that the policies, quote, violated her conscience. Ms. Ricard is a Christian and holds sincere religious beliefs consistent with the traditional Christian and biblical understanding of the human person and biological sex, the lawsuit said. Ms. Ricard believes that God created human beings as either male or female, that this sex is fixed in each person from the moment of conception, and that it cannot be changed regardless of the individual's person's feelings, desires, or preferences. In May, a federal court ruled that Ricard was, quote, free to speak without violating her conscience by communicating with parents in a manner consistent with how she is required to address the students at school, her attorney said. 
The court also ruled that instead of using students' preferred pronouns, Ricard could continue, quote, avoiding pronouns for students who have requested pronouns inconsistent with their biological sex, policy in which staff members could not disclose students' preferred names and pronouns to their parents as the lawsuit proceeded. The lawsuit was dismissed Wednesday, court documents show, and Gary County school officials said Thursday that the district had no comment on the settlement. It's unclear where the current policies on preferred names and pronouns stand. Uh, Ricard retired in May and, quote, was in good standing without any disciplinary actions against her, according to the settlement. Um, so what we have here and what we've seen, and, and I want to, um, first of all, state, uh, for those of you who have listened to this program, uh, of course, this is a judgment-free zone. And, um, you know, whatever uh, people decide that they want to be addressed and how they want to be addressed is, um, you know, is definitely their uh, right and their freedom. But in this, when you look at this case, uh, because the school district did not have any set rules, here you have an issue in which uh, religion is brought into play in which a person believes, according to their religion, of how things are and how things should be according to their religion. Said, uh, working in an environment in which, and loosely they did not have these rules in effect at the time, but uh, I'm kind of going to take it from both schools of thought here for you. Uh, If they had it in place at the time, if they did, is the school zone, or is the school district still within a right to reprimand her? Uh, of course, not having it, we already know that answer. But um, it kind of delves into that slippery slope of, at the same time that you are trying to uh, be, uh, I'm not want to use the word welcoming, but you want to be adherent of a person's religious beliefs, but at the same time, you're working for an institution that is chosen overall as a blanket policy uh, to acknowledge someone's uh, request. If something was in place, uh, would an institution like that have any right uh, to discipline those that don't follow by the rule? I mean, Okay. This is a very, and I'm going to try and tiptoe around the big elephant in the room, but um, when it comes to rules and regulations, I am a firm believer of it goes for everyone. So there's no exception to the rule. The only exception to the rule is that there should, no be, there should not be exceptions to the rule. Like if you put into place that people should be referred to by their preferred pronoun and or name and or whatever, and they have to make, this is the other part of that, they have to make it known this is what they want to be referred to as. If you are saying that everyone should be affording that mark of respect to that person, then everyone should. And that should start at the top and work your way down. And I think that works with every organization, including schools and churches and synagogues and 
government, you know, authorities and officials. I don't like it when there are different rules for different areas, for different levels of whatever. Like, I'm an administrator at school. I don't have to follow those. No, you do. If that, that, spot, if that spot is marked as reserved, then you don't get to park in it just because you, you think you're special. You don't get to park in it. I know that's, this is different than parking, but <laughs> it's every rule across the board. I'm a firm believer in that. With that being said, I'm also a firm believer in you give somebody respect that deserves it. Unless I am treated with respect, I am not going to treat you with the same respect. I will treat you with the same respect that you afford me. So if you afford me respect, then I will afford you respect. And that is the only way that anyone in any type of situation will be able to work through everything with the person next to them. You afford me the same respect I afford you. So if I treat you with respect, which I always start with treating everyone with respect, then you should be treating me with respect. As soon as you disrespect me, then I will disrespect you. Like I will not, I won't, I won't like go and say, oh, you disrespect me, and like actually do it. But I won't afford you that respect either. So if you are going to disrespect me and then you should turn around and say, I want you to call me Anna Bobana, even though your last name is Stana, I'm going to call you by your last name. I'm not calling you Anna Bobana because I don't respect you enough to call you Anna Bobana. I'm going to call you by the name that's on my piece of paper, whatever that name is. Now, you should start off every year, and we're at the beginning of the year, so I'm assuming that this happened last year? Yes. Okay. So you should be you should be able to go through and say, you know, I know a lot of people. Jennifer A. Adamson. A. Adamson. Jennifer A. Adamson. I'd like to be called Jenny, please. Okay. I'm going to mark that off as Jenny. Alexandria blank, blank, blank. I'd like to be called Alex. Okay. If you start that way, then that should be fine. Why is it wrong to call somebody by what they want to be called? If I want to be called purple people eater for the rest of my life, I will let, and I tell you that, again, we come back to that whole respect thing. As long as I'm respectfully telling you this and doing it out of respect, I should, you should be able to afford me the respect to call me what I want. There, right. it's, it's a whole it's a very weird situation in which not everybody's playing by the same rules. Right. And not everybody's respecting the other person. Yeah. Like we've all forgotten it, it, that we're all people. It it comes down to that. And you know what the thing about this, and I, I know there's going to be a lot of you who are listening out here who are probably not going to agree with me, but this is the wonderful thing about debate, is that at the end of the day, one of the things that, you know, I may not be the most religious person in the world. And granted, every religion has different um, – they have different values in different things. But one of the core things of religion was respecting your fellow man. And I think that some people tend to forget that, even though – you know, you may have a difference in how that person is living their life. 
and you greatly want to adhere to the staunchest, most oldest rules of your religion and your beliefs, it doesn't take away from the fact of respecting that person. And if they have come to you and have stated, just as my dear friend here has said, that this is what they want to be known by and that this is what they will answer to and that this is what they believe they should be known as, then as a Christian, shouldn't you respect your fellow man and grant that wish? You don't have to agree with the lifestyle that they're living. That's you know, the great thing about religion and about beliefs. But if someone's come to you and has specifically stated that that is what they wish to be known by, I think it is a core value of the respect portion of your religion to acknowledge that. I don't get, you know, when people want to bring in the huge, you know, don't bring it, you know, because whenever someone wants to bring in religion to this, because now I'm going to go back to the core thing of religion uh, and not to get all preachy and not to get, um, you know, a bunch of different ways here. But at the end of the day, the main people who we pray to within our religion were all people who were welcoming of everyone and no matter what you did, were forgivable of whatever you've done. Which is why I think it's so the irony of it all, of people who want to bring religious beliefs into something as simple as acknowledging someone's wanting to be acknowledged a specific way. Uh, I, I never have, you know, and like I said, this is one of those things where it's a learning once again, I know you've heard it on this show many times, but it is a learning experience for both the school district and for the teacher and for the student. Because as things evolve, uh, especially with people and as a population, and wanting to be acknowledged for what we feel is how we should be. Unfortunately, now, places have to put rules in place far before it gets to a point like this. And I'm pretty sure that there are other schools that are right now, because it was a loose law. Like they said, it was a loose. They were expecting that someone would just say, okay, that's cool. It's kind of like you're all adults. If someone comes to you and wants to be known as this, I would expect that you would treat them with that courtesy and respect and do what needs to be done. But now we have to have rules into place. And now you're going to have people who are going to disagree with that because they feel that they shouldn't have to be forced to do something. It, it, I am just amazed at no end because I was like, we wouldn't have had to get to that point if you had just pretty much done. You don't even have to acknowledge what they do. Just respect what they want to be known for. At the end of the day, you get paid, you go home. Does it hurt you that much? To acknowledge some, it's not even abandoning your religion. What it is is that it is showing that as a part of your religion, that you are accepting even if your own belief, if you thought that someone was not doing right, you will respect them and you'll carry on, and that's it. Maybe I'm wrong. I I, do, I don't know. But 
now this is why we have to have rules. And now you're going to start to see where there's a bunch of lawsuits from people who are going to say, I'm being forced into acknowledging, you know, someone that I don't want to acknowledge. And, 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 and this is what gets me on that one. It's almost like somebody saying you're forcing me to respect somebody when right. in all actuality, I'm not asking you to respect them. I'm not even asking you to admit that that person, whoever that person is, what they decide they want to be called, what they want to be, decide what they want to be named, what pronouns they decide they want to be using. I'm not asking you to agree with it. I'm not asking you to acknowledge it. I, or I'm sorry, I'm not even asking you to respect it. I'm not asking you to look at it and go, yeah, that's something that I, I'm, I'm okay with. I'm not asking you for that. I'm just asking you to do it. Exactly. All, I'm asking you to, all I'm asking for you to do is acknowledge that someone has asked you for something. If I ask you to say that my hair is brown and not black, I don't care how much you think my hair is black. I think it's brown. I want it to be brown. That's how I, I, like, I want it to be called brown because I know it's brown. If I sit here and say to you, I want to use the pronouns they, them, I don't care if you agree with me. I'm not asking for your respect. I'm not asking for your anything except acknowledgement at this point. I would love for you to respect me. I would love for everyone to respectfully ask for those things. And then other people to respectfully use those things in response. But when it comes down to it, it don't matter. Just acknowledge it. You don't have to agree with it. And just because you do or don't, if you use it, doesn't mean that you do or you don't. And I think people are starting to put those things together. And it's like, no, it's separation of church and state, people. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's a bad example, but... We are totally. It, this is this is this is meat and potatoes. Okay, yeah. meat potatoes. I'm asking you over here for the meat. Use it. That's the meat. <laughs> the potatoes is. I agree with it. I'm not asking you to eat the potatoes. I'm saying eat the meat. Okay. Don't argue about the potatoes and the peas. Look at the meat. It's steak. <laughs> look, look at that. It, it's yeah. so weird. Yes. So now. Uh, it is it is one of those things where, unfortunately, I fear it will not be the last time we hear about this lawsuit, and it's going to probably, uh, as things go and as things develop, unfortunately, I have a feeling it's going to go to higher courts, and higher courts are not going to understand it, and hopefully they just leave it be. Um, but, yeah. Uh, speaking of school... Uh, Cleveland State University violated a student's Fourth Amendment right to privacy when he was required to use a webcam to show his bedroom before taking an online test, a federal judge in Cleveland ruled. Matthew Besser, the attorney for student Aaron Ogletree, said that the lawsuit was filed last year to stop the university from enforcing an illegal practice aimed at preventing cheating and that Ogletree is not seeking monetary damages. The ruling Monday by U.S. District Judge J. Philip Calabrese appears to set up a precedent regarding student privacy rights. Uh, According to Besser, he said that freedom from government intrusion into our homes is the very core of what the Fourth Amendment protects. If there is any place where students have a reasonable expectation of privacy, it's in their homes. Ogletree initially protested but scanned his room before chemistry tests, fearing he would receive a failing grade if he did not comply. Calabrese in his ruling ordered Besser and the attorneys for Cleveland State to meet to determine what the next step in the case will be. 
He said an order at Ogletree's right to privacy outweighs Cleveland State's interest in scanning his room. Cleveland State spokesperson David Kilmeyer said on Tuesday that the school could not comment on, quote, active litigation. Ensuring academic integrity is essential to our mission and will guide us as we move forward, according to Kilmeyer. Ogletree said in a lawsuit that the COVID-19 pandemic forced him during the school's 2021 spring semester to take classes online to protect his family members' health. The decision whether to require students to show their rooms before tests is left to the discretion of individual professors and is not enforced by all instructors, Ogletree said in a lawsuit. Room scans are uh, visible to other students who are taking a test. Um, I'm going to quickly say this in short. It, and I know this is going to sound so bad. I know while on one hand we just talked about another court case, but on this one, in order for the integrity for the test to be, you got to do what they're asking you. I mean, it is nothing new. Um, and at that juncture, and this is what COVID has now done because it's now forced us in a way to redetermine some things and how we can get some things done because that's for the protection and the integrity of the test. How do we know that you don't have some giant chart sitting right in front of you to get all the answers? You kind of have to scan the room. And like I said, for my sister who has had to do this, it is not the first time. And if you feel that, quote, the integrity of your house or your home is going to be um, known or whatever it is from your fear of doing it, then go to a room that is pretty much, you know, heck, uh, go to a small broom closet if you got to. Because <laughs> at this point, it is what it is. I mean, when it's school, if I'm sitting there and if I came into class to take the test and I know that and it has been, and this is one of the things that I was told by my sisters, that that was the reason they went to the scan, because students were cheating. And I'm sorry, but in today's society, I don't trust that everyone that, out of 50 people taking that test, I don't trust that all 50 are not going to have some way to cheat. Uh, somebody's going to do something. And if I'm taking a test and I am – at the school, heck, even if I'm at home, I don't think I'm going to mind to a quick room scan because if you've got nothing to hide, then scan it. <laughs> That's just me. I understand what you're saying. I agree with most of it. I don't like that the scans are available for other students to see. Yeah, I would probably change that portion. I would probably just do it. That as portion weird. is the only portion I don't yeah. really don't support. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't. I think you should be able to scan a, a person's the room that they're because. Okay, let's, let's let's rewind. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Step back. As a parent of a student that was part of the COVID thing, okay, with the online um, learning and with like basically not being it's a remote school. Let's do it that way with a student that was taught during a remote school session. Um, we had to set up an area for my child to study and do her homework and all of that other stuff in. Um, 
that area was supposed to be free of distractions, free of um, any electronics that could cause her to stop paying attention to the school and when on camera in an appropriate environment. So I'm not like big, you know, not that I have any. Sorry, I had to stop and think. No, I don't. Not that I have any, but like big naked picture, naked lady pictures behind her, you know. <laughs> so I ha- we had to set up a space like that, and we did. So if the student is already remotely learning, they should be in a space that is conducive to a learning environment that does not have any distractions in it or electronics that cause distraction, gaming devices, that kind of thing, and would be appropriate to show on camera. Those are rules that were, at least for my child's school, part of the whole remote learning process. And that was for the parents. Parents had to do that. Parents had to make sure that that happened. So if that's actually happening, then the student scanning the room should not have a problem with scanning the room. If they are following those rules, then they should be able to scan that room and not be breaking any kind of weird privacy. Now, if they've got underwear out and they're doing this in their bedroom and there's stuff all over the walls, then that's on them. That's on them and their parents. They should have gotten that stuff taken care of. If they're cheating and they don't want to show you, that's a problem as well. I would say more than likely, other than the embarrassment of having underwear on the floor, it's more likely the reason you don't want to scan your room is because you are cheating, because you are breaking those three fundamental things. I don't think it's wrong to ask a student who's going to be taking a test to maintain that. Uh, for heaven's sake, when we were going and taking the SATs and the ACTs, I had to walk into a room, put my bag in a locker, like my purse put into a locker, and they handed me pencils. These are the pencils you get to use because they didn't want you having stuff take your pencil to help you on your test. Right. Like, come on. If I had to walk into a room and leave my stuff in a locker and they hand me a pencil that they've made sure that are not cheating pencils or whatever, why can't I scan your room? I went to school at a time when there were no webcams. You went to school at a time when there were no webcams. Not like this. And when you went to go take a test, you took a test, and they like, there was nothing on your desk. There was nothing in your, you know, you put your bags in your locker. Here's the pencils that you get to use. You bring the pencil and the test up to the front, and you drop it off. That was the integrity of the test. You didn't cheat. Here you go. Right. Now it's scan your room. I don't like that other students can see it. That part I don't like, especially if they are in a room and you scan the room and there's something in that room that another student wants or covets, then maybe they might get jealous. Then maybe there might be willing. There may be other things. I don't think another student needs to have access to other people's rooms. That scan, not scan. That doesn't scan with me. But the first part, having it scanned, I think you should be able to. And, again, the parents should make that space available. Hmm. So I'm kind of iffy in between. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that if the schools really don't want to have a lot of issues, what they should do is that they should have a separate kind of like check-in before you get into the test in which it's one-on-one with a uh, proctor or someone where they can personally look at your room and nobody else. And then once they are satisfied with that, release you into the class online. So, 
Exactly. Yeah, I'd be all for that. So, no, I agree. Uh, the U.S. Open's still going on. I, I know it's uh, winding up here, but there was some controversy um, this past week as um, Czech player Sarah uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's Bielek. She had to respond <laughs> to the furor surrounding footage of her celebrating her U.S. Open qualification with her father. The 16-year-old advanced to the main draw of the uh, Hardcourt Grand Slam after beating British player Heather Watson in the final round of qualifying. Uh, she was overjoyed after one of the biggest moments of career, bracing her father, uh, Jaroslav, and her coach, Jakub Cahoon, at the side of the court. However, the celebrations left many viewers scratching their heads after her father and coach could both be seen patting her on the backside while hugging her. The 16-year-old also shared a kiss with her father on the lips. One social media user wrote, there's absolutely no reason to touch a 16-year-old girl on her butt like that. As the video progressed, it got worse and worse. Another commented, I'm sorry, I don't care if it's her dad, dad coach, relative, etc. You shouldn't be doing this by patting her on the behind numerous times. I don't want to hear if they do it, quote, there. They travel enough probably to know it's not viewed as appropriate. She's 16, not 6. Others described the footage as weird and creepy. Addressing the Fuhrer at the U.S. Open on Wednesday, she described the interactions as spontaneous and said it wouldn't happen again. She says, I saw the video. It was a spontaneous reaction of the whole team. We rejoiced. It may certainly seem inconvenient and uncomfortable to some, but we have already discussed it with the team. It won't happen again. She added that dad is my dad and always will be, and I've known the coach since I was eight years old. He tapes me. He massages me. If something similar happened in the Czech Republic, no one would deal with it. But since we are in America, everyone comments on it. But as I say, we talk and it won't happen again. Uh, her U.S. Open campaign, though, ended in the first round after a 3-6-1-6 loss to Lutmila Samsonova of Russia. Uh, on the bright side, her qualification for the U.S. Open main draw was see her walk away with 80000 for her troubles. But do you think at times, and this is one of those times where once again – we have become what's the word I want to Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Has it, have, have, the people that are complaining, have they ever played sports or are they the participation trophy people? That's what I think. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. I, you've been involved with sports. I've been involved with sports. I, my dad was my little league coach. If something happened, it was high fives, pat on the butt, big hugs, whatever. And you know what? He did that with every kid. And all the kids didn't care because it wasn't like he was patting them on the butt thinking, hey, babe, after school. That was not what he was thinking. He was just celebrating. It was something to do. And I don't know about anybody else, and I know this is going to sound really gross, but I still kiss my dad on the lips. And I'm 45. Well, almost. <laughs> oh, God, people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so ridiculous. Get it. The stand out of your collective youngness. It's just a freaking hug, pat, and kiss. We were celebrating. <laughs> I don't have any strong opinions about this at all. No, no, you don't. Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. What's I would say opinion? I would be because yes, it is. It 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 is. You know. I would have been more concerned 
if her dad started making out with her and getting really touchy-feely and kept his hand there for about a minute. But in sports, we pat each other on the backside, and if we're jubilant, you know, we jump up in each other's arms and we are happy. You know, you see it with gymnasts from time to time, you know, at the Olympics where they're so happy they'll jump into their coach's arms, and nobody says anything about that. And, you know, it's (sighs) – this is one of those things where when I saw it this week, I was like, yeah, well, it is what it is. Um, I'm not even going to make a big stink out of it because it's her dad and coach, two people who she are familiar with and who she knows. And, and at that point, you know, if she was all right with it, <laughs> then I'm all right with it. So it is what it is. Um by the way, uh, if you are just tuning in, where have you been? It's page one with Laura Mary here on this Sunday night on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we will take the remainder of our break with our retro commercial and uh, vintage PSA that I found. I kind of forgot about it, um, but we'll do that. And then um, when we return, We will take a live look at what is trending, and then uh, we'll get to some stories uh, that kind of were odd off and not really main stories, and then we will do our top five uh, in honor of the 50th anniversary of the current incarnation of The Price is Right, as we have our top five Price is Right games, long-awaited top five list. So we will do that, and then we will return with more Page One with LeVar Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is James Brown, soul brother number one, always fighting. Now I'm fighting for your life. I'm fighting for your life because if you use drugs, you better leave it alone. Drugs are contagious. They're killers. Every drug is a killer. Stay away from drugs. Drugs will take your life away. And if you want to live, stay away from drugs. Because they are super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad. Would you like to swing and play the way the rockin' band do? With the tiger guitar and the swingin' cat and the polychord electric piano organ. And a big bass drum, they're just for you by Emily. Go, Tiger! Go, swinging cat! Tiger Guitar looks and sounds professional, has its own amplifier. The swinging cat comes with amplifier too. Now the big bass drum! Go, Hollycord Electric Cattle Organ! chords with one finger of the left hand, melody with the right. Two different models. Now you can swing and play the way the rockin' band do with the tiger guitar and the swingin' cat and the polychord electric piano organ and the big bass drum there just for you. Jumpin' Jiminy, it's by Emily. Ah, yes, it is page one with LeVar and Mary here on Hog Talk Radio. 
that was one of the original songs to the Christ of Right that you heard back on September 4th, 1972. <laughs> now, before that was a commercial. Did you recognize the voiceover in that commercial? You mean the James Brown one? The one that said, nope. hi, I'm James Brown? No, 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 no. <laughs> after James Brown. No, it's at the commercial, <laughs> not the PSA. The commercial. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was I was kind of waiting. That that voice should be familiar because for many years he said, Come on down. <laughs> that was Johnny Olson. <laughs> on that commercial. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the voice of Johnny Olson that you heard on that one. So now, uh, but uh, we are here tonight. This is the 50th anniversary, this date, 1972. Price is Right debuted on CBS. And tonight we're going to have a top five, uh, top five Price is Right games. I am pretty sure because I was looking up online and I did not know that uh, the music for one of the games was from a particular album of, well, I'm going to play you a clip of it. I guarantee you that either Mary or I will probably have this game on here, but this music was taken from a specific album of songs. If you can guess it, then you already know. Yeah. <laughs> it was from an album of yodeling music. That's where The Price is Right got the infamous music for its cliffhangers game. <laughs> if you're ever on YouTube, you will see the actual original album of where that music came from and the original song that that came from. But who knew that yodeling music would turn into <laughs> a household name for a game when The Price is Right. So... But we'll do that here in just moments. But I uh, wanted to get first to a few things that are going on um, in regards to Twitter because, uh, as I stated, there's it's Labor Day weekend. So it's pretty much a lot of things that are going on tonight. But uh, trending is Brian Kelly as the LSU Tigers college football season opens up under their new head coach showdown against the Florida State Seminoles, and um, it is uh, it wasn't going his way uh, last I checked. I have not, and I don't even have uh, the TV on, uh, but I do know that it uh, went well right now, um, but hopefully it will, um, and we'll see what happens for Coach. Uh, House of the Dragon is airing on HBO, and it is trending. AEW All Out uh, here from Chicago tonight is trending. Um, So, of course, there's a lot of things uh, wrestling-related that are trending with that. Uh, The Real Housewives of Atlanta is trending. Uh, And then um, also trending tonight is uh, Brendan Fraser. There was a clip online uh, because a lot of people are talking about this role that he played in a movie called The Whale, uh, where he gained a significant a lot of weight for this role, and a lot of people are already talking Oscar buzz for Brendan Fraser, as this is kind of his comeback. 
and he got a six-minute standing ovation in Venice uh, at the film's premiere. Uh, you can check that out online. Uh, and then uh, also trending uh, is uh, – I was actually going to say – well, I'm not even going to go with that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually gonna, I'm doing a live pretty much uh, look back, but um, um, Luther Vandross is trending tonight. Uh, one of the things that people were saying is that people always debate the greatest female singers of all time, not many greatest male singers. And they were asking uh, people's opinion of who they thought were the top five male singers of all time, pure vocals. Uh, and Luther is trending. <laughs> and of course, uh, have you seen him do live? Um, yeah. One person said uh, uh, Luther Vandross, Marvin Gaye. They said Prince. Now, I think Prince is one of the great musical genius and uh, musicians. I don't know about singing-wise. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack. <laughs> um, and then some people There's had Michael. People, a lot of people act. Yeah. No, like I said, I love Prince. I think Prince is one of the great musical talents of all time. But voice-wise, he, he's not the first person I'm thinking of. You know? Like, Prince right. wrote so many great songs. And Prince was just a musical mind that's... I only put him in the same place as a Stevie Wonder or a Ray Charles uh, in terms of musical genius. Voice, though... Um, I think a lot of people think Sam Cooke. A lot of people may think uh, Teddy Pendergrass or Donny Hathaway. Uh, Luther is always going to be on that list, and uh, as along with Marvin Gaye, uh, because of what they were able to do with that talent. Um, and I also would put in there, too, Freddie Mercury. If you never heard mm-hmm. the vocals of Freddie Mercury minus the music, it's it, you. You will be awestruck. Um, yeah, you said a great range. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say that is um, something to definitely definitely listen to if you have a chance tonight. So, but no, um, that is what's trending uh, online tonight on this Sunday night, and. One of the <laughs> we have a few stories here um, that kind of don't meet weird stories or out there stories, but the question comes now. This seems too easy, and I'm almost wondering um, who would probably uh, be pretty much. Uh, I don't know. So apparently, there's a website called Reviews.org. And they were looking to pay a digital detoxer $2,400 to go a full day without cell phones, TV, gaming consoles, computers, or any smart devices. Uh, The rules state that the digital detoxer will be required to submit a screen time report to show that they went 24 hours without tech. The contestant will have to submit a report explaining their experience, any challenges they faced, and benefits from the detox. It should also include if you plan on cutting down screen time in the future. To apply, you must be 18 years old and eligible to work in the U.S. The contestant will receive $2,400 for completing that challenge, along with a $250 Amazon gift card to build a techless survival kit during the challenge. 
The deadline to apply is September 21st. Reviews.org will announce the name of the challenger September 30th on its website and social media. I could do that. If you told me to go a full day, even though I love all of you, if you told me to go a full day without nothing, that's pretty simple. Would that include, like, phone? Or, like, calling someone? Actually, it said um, no cell phone, no TV, no gaming console, no computer, or any smart devices. So if I get into a car accident because I went on a drive, I couldn't call 911 because that's on a cell phone. Nope. Tell somebody else to call for you. <laughs> you and I, I think, would be fine going through that detox because we're older and we've had to live without consoles and, and PCs and that kind of thing. I think that you and I could handle it. Um, some of the younger generation, it takes it takes a person that's willing to do it. I think someone of someone that's eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. I think those people would have more challenges than us. Nothing they couldn't. I know a couple of people that could. <laughs> I think with with some challenges, but I think a couple. I, I think a couple of people come to my mind straight off of that in that that generation. But there are a lot of people that would have a lot of. That's why I said, can I make a phone call? Like, can I phone a friend? Nope. Nope. But apparently you can. You can. So. You cannot phone a friend, and AT and T will not take your call. <laughs> All right, Mr. Select. <laughs> that was my Regis Philbin, by the way, from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> um, <laughs> AT&T, get on the line and call her phone a friend. <laughs> um, well, another challenge is upon us. It says, if eating cereal for dinner sounds like your go-to meal for the day, you could snag $5,000 from Kellogg's. The cereal company is offering 5000 each to five people as part of a new sweepstakes. All you have to do is post a picture of yourself eating cereal for dinner on Instagram. Kellogg's is hoping to show consumers that they can enjoy cereal, even if it's not breakfast time. In addition to the cash, winners also get a year's of Kellogg's cereals. Uh, of course, more contest information available on Kellogg's website. Um, I know you can do it. <laughs> I know you probably have oh, yeah. done it. I win (laughs) There you go So here's the thing I'm going to help you out Post your picture to Instagram Come back and uh, (laughs) Tell us how that goes I don't know that I have any Kellogg's um, cereals In my house currently actually Oh Well that automatically disqualifies you (laughs) Um And now you're out of contest. So, <laughs> no then, for me. Yes, yes, yes. And there was a weird state law this week where I saw and I read, but a little-known state law prompted stores to start carting customers in New York State this week, um, and in some cases, banned sales of canned whipped cream to those under 21. One shopper said that I was so confused. I'm 43 with gray hair. Uh, So the next time you buy a can, be prepared to show some ID. Uh, The little-known state law banning sales of cartridges used in cans of whipped cream to those under 21 
has only recently been noticed and enforced to the amusement of customers unaware of the not-so-new regulation. The age limit was enacted nine months ago to curb teens' possible abuse of nitrous oxide, commonly known as laughing gas. The nitrous oxide found in whipped cream canisters when it is abused as a narcotic is commonly referred to as whippets or whip-its. Megan Massey, 43, couldn't understand why she was being carted this month at her uh, Hannaford supermarket in Watertown. And as she said, I was mortified. And she said, why am I being ID? What's going on now? And while she was having a laugh, Kent uh, Sopris, the president of the New York Association of Convenience Stores, or NYACS, isn't so amused about the regulation, which he claimed is burdening members. He says requiring age verification when purchasing whipped cream is another classic compliance burden placed on convenience stores in New York State. He says we hear constantly how important small businesses are to New York politicians, but quite frankly, laws like this prove otherwise. The age requirement for nitrous oxide cartridges went into effect November 25th, but uh, Sopra said it wasn't until recent weeks that his members became aware of it. Uh, so, um, kind of happened to me here in Illinois. I went to a store, and I'm trying to remember what it was that I bought now. I think it was like some type of uh, – it was a can of – Something or to that, yeah, it was something that effect. And I got, or it was like, a, I'm trying to remember if it was a can of something or it was like oil or something, but they they um, pretty much ID'd me for it. And I was shocked. And I was like, because why? And I thought, yes. And I thought about it and I was like, oh, I get it. Because, I mean, think how many kids have used, or, you know, uh, or had ice cream parties or were going to a friend's house for something or a party or, you know, or ate out of a can of whipped cream. Um, Heck, I did last week. <laughs> you know, it's just, at this point, I mean, I get it. And it's another sad thing as to where we've had to restrict things because of a few that have used it for purposes it was not meant to be used for. But I... I'm never surprised probably at the things that occur and that is one of the things that has occurred now. So when you go to New York state, you will be carded for buying whipped cream. So if you have a romantic getaway plan, make sure that when you go to the store, you take your ID. (laughs) Which leads us tonight to our top five, because I know you've been waiting for it. So um, top five tonight, uh, which we haven't done in a minute, the top five, Price is Right games in honor of the Price is Right, which debuted uh, 50 years ago today, September 4th, 1972, debuted with host Bob Barker. I don't have to tell you the history of the Price is Right. Um, In 2013, TV Guide ranked it number five in its list of the 60 greatest game shows ever. Um, And... It is something that at some point over the last 50 years, especially for all of us born during that span, that we have either watched over the summer, watched when we were sick, um, you know, and it was a part of our television um, viewing habits. Either us or our parents or our grandparents, we watched it. I can't think of a show or only a few shows outside of that where everyone is familiar with it. And if you never watched it, 
you either are under a rock or you are probably now under 18 and you just don't watch a lot of TV like that. But top five prices right games. Um, I know this list was hard because I could have said 10 and we would have been all right, but I don't want to make it that easy. And besides, this is called top five. So with that, I will let ladies go first and I will go to Mary and I will ask you to name your top five prices right game. Now, before you do this, do you want the um, the sound effect for everyone? <laughs> what which sound effect are you using? I can either give you I can I can give you the ding. I can give you the I can give you that. <laughs> I'm just sending mine off that I I honest I'm gonna be honest with everyone. I jumped in the car to do something and I totally forgot I was at home. So now I was like, okay, what was on my list? I had to go back and go through my list. No, I took that one off. So you want me to go I'm first? Go I can my go list first. Really I, I can, no, 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 no. I can... I'll go first. I have it. I will go first. I I have to just go through quickly so that I don't forget. But it basically goes from five to one. Um, the any number game, which is the one where you do all the different numbers and you choose a number between. I think it's one and nine now and whatever you end up with if you don't get the number of the car you end up with like luggage or money in the piggy bank which is like it always ended up being like $237 it was weird um, okay. so the any number game uh, lucky seven which is the one with the dollar bills where if you had a dollar you could buy the car at the end mm-hmm. um, and then there was hole in one because it was Bob Barker it was hole in one you had or to try and get that. You had to get your golf game in there. Or two, depending on. <laughs> or one. Or two. Um, so there was that one. And then this is where I was having the problem. The number one and number two were very, very, very close for me. Hmm. And I tried to go with what everybody would know. Like, this is, when you say this, you go, yeah, that's the price is right. Uh, unfortunately for both of these, they are both, yeah, that's the price is right. So I went with my favorite as number one. The number two was Plinko, and number one is Cliffhanger. I absolutely love the Yodel Man. I don't know why that made me happiest when I was sick. I wanted to play that game so much. Like, that was like, if I get on the price chart, that's the game I want to play. Like, seriously, I don't even care. I want to see the guy fall off the edge. But those are my five. I don't think I'm the big check game where you write your name on a big check. I love that one, too. That one I wanted to be in there, and the dice game. Um, I think it was just called the dice game. Yes. Those were my two honorable mentions. All right. So in honor of that, let's play it one more time. Yes. Got to have the cliffhanger song. I just said it with a crash. <laughs> Whereas it kept going and somebody was so far off the pipe. And you're like, <laughs> you're how did you even take that number, people? What are you talking about? How did the car $40,000 not on this show? Why are you being stupid? Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, you and I only had two. Um, oh. But we both put one in the same spot. So, 
Uh, with what that, did that being, happen? I know. So wow. with that, so with that being said, because um, I do have access to the, the ding here, um, I'm gonna go and start with number five. So number five on my list was Ten Chances. I love that game because you've seen some of either the greatest comebacks or you've seen some of the worst players in Price is Right history on 10 Chances. Go to YouTube, check out the game. Of course, if you're familiar with 10 Chances, that was where you had uh, three things, usually a car and two other things. You had like a specific set of numbers and you had to write it down in a paper. And if you're wrong, you have to keep going. And the car was the last thing. And if you only had one or two shots at it, you really had to be good at the price of that car. But that was number five. Number four. I had cliffhangers at number four on my list. Really? Um, I think Mary told you all about how the game was. Cliffhangers, yes. Um, it was good enough to crack my top five, but it landed at number four, which leads me to number three. At number three of my top five of the best prices right games of all time, Punch a Bunch. Where else could you like? I like that one too. Where else could you punch and then go by like pure fate? And I used to love it because I was like. We used to get, like, little tissue paper and pretend to do punch a bunch. And <laughs> we would do the rice game like that. Um, and then that leads me to number two. Number two on my list was Planko. Mary and I both had it at number two, which uh, Planko is Planko, man. You're not going to... Planko is Planko. Yes. Everybody yeah. knows Planko. Yes, everybody knows Planko. <laughs> Um, before I get to number one, though, I will tell you that on my list of honorable mentions, Three Strikes was on there, uh, which I used to love, and then, um, was, this was tough, because a part of me loved, uh, the race game where you kind of had to run back and forth, and when you came back, you pulled down the lever, and if you had one right, you knew the three were wrong, and you had to go back and change them, and you were running all over the place. And, yeah. But those were my honorable mentions. But what was number one, you ask? Number one on my list of the greatest Price is Right games, in my opinion, is one in which I think everyone does and almost everyone is familiar with no matter where you go. And that is the clock game. If I sat here and told somebody to guess the price of a pair of shoes, you're going to start guessing prices. And then at that point, Everybody at that point knows how to play the clock game, and you start playing it, and they know what you're doing. And the clock game to me has become probably much, or pretty much, the 
most synonymous Price is Right game, and it was a game that almost didn't happen. It almost did not occur. I think they went through it. The story goes that they went through the game uh, the first time, and it did not come out the way that they kind of wanted it to, and it uh, was about to be trashed. Um, and the clock game goes back. Uh, it was, they said, very problematic during its first rehearsals back in 1972 to the point of where it nearly never debuted. Two early clock game losers were awarded their prizes after the shows were taped because the clock had counted down from 30 to zero to only 22 seconds. It was lost on the day it first premiered, uh, but it was won for the very first time two days later on September 13th of 1972. And like I said, uh, everyone is familiar the clock game from either really bad decisions <laughs> to either memorable decisions where people get it right within 10 seconds. So the clock game to me is the number one game uh, from the price is right. So, and there you have it. Um, with that, I guess the only thing that we can do is the very rare uh, ding and uh Special sound. <laughs> there are so many good games, though. Like, Squeeze Play was a really good one. That one came through. It didn't crack my top. That was in my top time, but not in my top five. Um, and it wasn't even close enough for Animal Mention. But, like, Squeeze Play was a good one. Um, yeah. I had Super Bowl. There, that, the Punch a Bunch one was in there for me. Yeah, there's a lot of good games. I had Super Bowl. I had the dice game. I had, uh, of course, Lucky 7 and Hole in 1 or 2. I also had the range game because Bob used to always tell him, mm, once yeah. we stop it, we can't restart it. <laughs> so, yes, um, there is a lot. But uh, it has definitely, for 50 years in running, uh, been a part of uh, everyone's lifetime. And congratulations to them. 50 years in running. So I do believe, but nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to leave it alone um, <laughs> uh, before mm-hmm. I jinx myself. But yes, so you want to read on the history of the Price is Right? You want to do all that? Definitely go to, I think there's a Price is Right uh, wiki page, which has everything you need to know about the Price is Right. Um, but yeah, that is uh, our top five. And if you don't like our top five, then make your own list. Um, <laughs> that's all we got to say about that. Um, but with that, um, my friend, the clock on the wall is telling us it's just about time to go. But did you have any shout outs <laughs> for this week? This is actually the short week because you got shout outs. But if you miss it, we could do it again this Friday where we will be joining you in right. just a few days from now because we've got some really good stories ahead on Friday, this upcoming Friday. Um among which uh, is about Missouri bringing back paddling in schools. Um, definitely going to discuss that. And then uh, there was a man who was found guilty of fraud in a dating scam. But the more I read about it, the more I'm like, there's no way that these ladies couldn't have known, but it's going to bring a great debate that we're going to have here on Friday. So that's just a couple of the things coming up this Friday. Uh, on page one at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. But did you have any shout-outs? 
Um, there were there was a couple of birthdays on Friday, um, but because they are part of the Discord, I went ahead and wished them a happy birthday through the Discord. Something people can join if they like. Um, plug selfish plug on that one. Um, but other than that, no, not right now. Um, but happy Labor Day to those people that are celebrating, and uh, please be safe. Do it the right way. Don't do it just because you can. Um, other than that, no, I don't have anything to shout out today. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, yes, happy Labor Day to you all. If you're traveling, please be careful. Uh, make it home safe. And uh, I know this is a shortened week for all with work. Um, so uh, we all make it back on Tuesday. And then, of course, football starts on Thursday. Um, so excited for that. Fall is here. Very. Um, those of us very who excited love, about that one. Yes, for those of us who love summer, uh, we can still hang on to some last bits of it while it lasts. But uh, unfortunately, the folks who are fall lovers, uh, they are trying to butt their way in and they're trying to make their way here. Uh, so we reluctantly are going to hold on to the last bits that we can, <laughs> enjoy what we do, and then um, I guess get ready to bundle back up again. <laughs> But as always, we stay positive. I know. I'm going to have to break out my hoodie. Yes. Hoodie and shorts. <laughs> hoodie and shorts. <laughs> hoodie and shorts, man. Oh, it's going to be awful. It's going to be a Canadian fall. <laughs> but yes. Um, but no, for all of you, um, I guess my last word of advice here before I tell you to make sure to join us a few days from now, Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, is just to be careful out there and to take care of yourself and each other. And we thank you as always for listening to us and uh, we appreciate it. Tell a friend and uh, we'll see you on Friday, everybody. Take care. Bob Barker reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 